Today's episode of The Real Ones on the Ringer NBA Show is brought to you by Heineken. Heineken Original Lager is made with pure malt and their famous A yeast, which makes Heineken an all-season, all-the-time kind of beer. Now, you can drink Heineken a lot during these, even during these social distance quarantine times. You can do it maybe at a Zoom party where you're with your homies and you're just toasting it up. Or when you're watching the NBA Finals and seeing the Lakers potentially get their 17th title. Pick up a pack and have it delivered today. And remember, most important, make sure you drink responsibly. I don't think Jason Tatum is built like that, bro. I I, I told you all my take on him. Like, I I probably threw shade at Carmelo by comparing him to Carmelo. But like, Damn! I, I, no, I did, because Carmelo is a bona fide, like, all-time great scorer. I don't even know if that's his ceiling. But but I don't—you got to put somebody with him, bro. Like, he ain't going—he's not carrying you to championships. I don't know, man. I think Tatum is... I'm a big fan of Tatum, man. His skill set is... He's 22. Hello and welcome to the Monday edition of the Ringer NBA show. Wait, 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 wait. Tripping, bro. I'm tripping, tripping, bro. I'm tripping, bro. My bad. Wait, so this is a perfect opportunity. My co-host, Roger Bell. We got a new name, bro. No doubt. Tell them what it is. Let them know. You know, we always, know. We, we always talk about what we like in a person, right? We always talk about that. We always talk about the characteristics we like in a person. We like real ones, right? So I feel it's only appropriate that we name our show Real Ones with Raja and Logan. And it was like right there the whole time. It was right, bro. It was right there the whole time. We had it the whole time. We did a, we did. Hey, man, let's let's throw out some names. Let's. Hey, you guys, give us some names, bro. We had this the whole time in the tuck. <laughs> we had this the in the tuck time. the whole time. <laughs> How you doing, bro? I'm good, dog. Fresh cut. Um, you got the can- real Onyx cut right now, yeah, dog. Eye whitening serum. Canes one. I do. You know, I'm a big Hurricanes fan. Do you? You college football fan? Because I'm a like I grew up as a Hurricanes fan. So I, I grew up as a USC fan. Yeah. All right, so when when the Canes are good, like all's right in my universe, and the Canes are good, dog. Okay, you went to Florida International, right? I don't. I did go to FIU. There was no football program at the time. You said so like was, you're ashamed right now. No, I'm saying you I, cut me often, off before I could even say anything. You're I know like, where ah. you're going. People okay. ask me all the time, "How am I a Miami fan if FIU?" But FIU didn't have a football program at the time, so I still got to maintain my cane chip. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So you just a have a, a cane stand right now, right? You grew up with like, you know what I mean? Grew up Listen. Michael I, there, Irvin, there, Jimmy there Johnson. Are people that went to the University of Miami that might have played a sport there that bleed less orange and green than me, dog. Like just that's facts. Okay. You All know right. in the Coral Gables, right? You I know. Yeah. Hey, Raja's name rings bells in Coral my Gables. Wealthy, huh? My wealthy neighborhood pass is stamped. I'm good down there. <laughs> <laughs> the home, you got all the plugs at the homeowners yeah, association, huh? Just so good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bro, yeah, man, it's good to see you, dog. You too, bro. You too, man. Nah, but we got a good show lined up for you, man. You know, just always tap in on Spotify. We got a lot of dope stuff for you guys um, on the Ringer NBA feed, and we got the NBA Finals coming, man. We got some mismatches coming on. We got some group chats popping. We got real ones popping. All on Spotify and wherever you guys get podcasts. It's going to be a good week, Roger. It's going. Hey, look, and we talked about Coral Gables. Like Miami's on fire right now, as a city. The Heat are in the finals again. Yeah, you grew up a Heat fan. Like, was that a thing? Is I, it, nah, full like, disclosure, I did. I was a Bulls fan. So, like, when the Heat, okay. 
he became a franchise when I was like in the eighth grade. So I was already linked to MJ and, and Scotty. Was it like, I still want to rep, but I'm a Bulls fan? Like, did you have Miami Heat gear? Like, how did that work oh, out? Oh, no, 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 no. No Heat gear. Uh-uh. Straight Bulls but I, gear? I, I, yeah. I hold a little place, like, in the heart for, for the Heat because um, it's my town. But I'm always, you know, I'm a Bulls fan. And then once I played in the league, like, you don't really cheer for anybody anymore. How many tickets did you have to give up when you came to the, to the Miami? What, what was the ticket situation like? Uh, 20, 25, depending okay. on, you know. You know, and that's throughout was, your whole career, because I know, like in the beginning, you know, you get a lot of ticket requests, and then as I see as people's career goes, you know, goes on and on, those those ticket requests kind of dwindle down. They do. So my rookie year is the year we went to the finals, and I know we we got a big show lined up. But a funny story is like I wasn't making a lot of money. I didn't know like what the checks looked like. I just thought I was going to make more money than I ever had, and I was handing out playoff tickets like they were bubble gum. And so when I got my check. I made, I don't, it was, it was really upsetting to me how much I had spent on tickets unknowingly. Like, I was just handing them out. Your playoff share was, wasn't as good as mm, you thought it was going to be. not what I thought it was going to be. Correct. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Come on, Roger, bro. Yeah. Catting off right now, man. Um, let's get in, let's get into uh, the biggest story so far. Let's get into Heat Celtics, bro. Yeah. It's what I, I thought. It's what I, I thought. This is what you thought was going to happen? I mean, I, I, after game one, it's what I thought. I, I the, the tougher team. Look, the tougher team won. Um, I, yeah. I, what do you want me to say? Like I, we're gonna get into all the dumb shit, but at the end of the day, the tougher team won. The biggest thing that I was just disappointed with was the Celtics had a six point lead going in, in, into the fourth quarter, in the midway through the fourth quarter, they were up ninety six ninety. Yep. Had the game in the balance, and then the Heat just say, "Bam out of bio, just win this game for us, bro." I didn't know I knew Bam was was tough. I didn't know Bam was this tough. To where you just you just put the ball in his hands. He's literally the point guard and say, yo, just go get us a few buckets. Well, put this game away for us. I mean, Bam, yeah, I guess I thought Bam was tough, like physically and mentally. I didn't know that he had a bag like that, maybe. Um, but what I'll say to that, Logan, is when your defense is as bad as the Celtics defense was in the fourth quarter. There are a lot of guys in NBA games, and this isn't to minimize what Bam did, because that shit was cold for a young player to to like put it all on his shoulders down the stretch. Like that's that's big boy basketball. And I would say like Jason Tatum, like in the juxtaposition there is really interesting, right? But the the Celtics defense was awful. There were multiple times as I sat there and watched the game where you were waiting for that second defender who was like just step over and give your body up. Like stuff that you do in the regular season. Um, to win a game. They weren't doing it. And this was like the most important game of their season. And they had multiple times where guys were ISOing, getting downhill and people wouldn't step in and take the charge or at minimum, you know, try to affect the layup. And it was, it was, it was just really interesting. Not to mention like Boston shot 14 three pointers or, or like, you know, 20 footers in the fourth quarter. They made what I, two of them, the heat only shot four. They made all four. Like, that tells you who the tougher team is, right? Like one's going to stand out there and cast up threes and the other one is going to put their head down and try to bully you at the basket. I just think the biggest thing, I think the Celtics for big stretches of this series were the better team. But when you put a zone in like the Heat did and there, there was nothing special about the zone that they played against the Celtics, but it completely just annihilated that team. And you, we were talking about this throughout the, you know, we were on the text thread I'm in the group chat and you are pissed every two seconds you see a zone 
and that the Celtics cannot take advantage of it. Tell the tell the listeners and the viewers out there everything. Tell them the one thing that you told us every game that you were pissed about. The middle of that bullshit zone was <laughs> wide open. Like some people play a 2-3 and will at least have their guy in the middle bounce back and forth between the free throw line and the rim to give the illusion that you can't hit the middle of the zone, right? Like, so if you were to even think about putting someone in the middle, uh-uh, my big is there. The, the Heat realized that the Celtics had no idea what to do. They left Bam Adebayo basically under the rim. They were inviting a catch at the free throw line. I paused the TV last night 19 times. Like, the people I had watching the game with me left the room because I just keep saying to everybody, will you please look at this shit? And they refused to hit the middle of the zone. Like, I'm really... I text Steve Nash about it last night. Like, I text multiple people. I was just so upset and couldn't figure out how you missed that over the course of six games. And is that a strategic thing that the coach needed? To, is, that, is, that a, is that a Brad Stevens thing? What is that? Because it's the, it was the same zone we kept seeing throughout the entire postseason. I mean, he, he, about the entire, the entire series. Brad Stevens made Eric Spolster job so easy. Over the course of this, he never had to make an adjustment, Eric Spolster, that is, because Brad Stevens never made the adjustment to the zone. So, like, I could imagine the Heat brass sitting around, like, at dinner, like, laughing, like, this month, he's just going to come out here and do this again? Yeah. Like, that, that okay, well, let's roll it back. Um, it was clear that Brad Stevens believes in screening the zone. Um, so, if you will, you have two, three at the top. Uh, there's a ball handler on one side of the zone. They want to set a screen coming from the middle of the floor um, and bringing their guard towards the free throw line, which is the area I'm talking about, right? The, the problem with that is they weren't ever getting a good enough screen, or they rarely did, to make to make the second guard have to suck in. When the second guard sucks in um, and you kick it to the wing, then the bottom of that zone, the th the one of the bottom wings has to come up, and you can usually get a, another skip to the corner or another quick... Uh, pass to the corner and it requires Bam out of Bayou to get out and usually it's too late. There's a three in the air. They just weren't able to collapse the D with the drive. So my point was, if you put the big in the middle and just give him the ball there, or not even the big, just a playmaker, a Jason okay. Tatum. Because I, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you, if you put a big in there, does the big have to be an offensive threat? Because He's in my opinion, the the only offensive threat that the, that the Celtics had is in his canter. Yeah, and and we saw how he was horrid on the defensive end. So how, how do you need an, do you need an offensive threat in that in that situation when you put a big in in in, in the middle of the zone? Yeah, ideally your big is a, is is someone who can make a play. So Ennis fits the bill more than more than Tice. But does. then when um, you do that, you sacrifice on the defensive end. So let me give you another option. You you okay. throw Jason Tatum in the middle of that. Um, this is going to sound nuts to anyone who like thinks of, of like your typical basketball, put Kemba in the middle of that. No, oh, put, okay. put, put Kemba there, right? Let him catch it. Bam Adebayo is back at the front of the rim. Kemba catches it and turns real quick. It's a free throw line jump shot. If Bam comes up, Kemba's going to go right by him. Put Jalen Brown in there. Like any of those options would have created something in the middle of that zone. And then you can hide Daniel Tice in the short corner. So when Bam's got to come up and play, um, you can slip Tice behind him at the rim, or now you've got a corner kick and you put the baseline wing in a really tough spot. Am I going to take away Tice on the duck in, or am I going to get out to the three point shooter? Like it's just it ain't it ain't rocket science, dog. And they just never made the adjustment. Is that 
What about the argument? There's been coaches before that make the argument, we, we're playing the way that got us here and we're not changing. Have you been a part of those types of coaches? I don't know if Brad Stevens is that guy when it when it comes to that, but there's definitely coaches that we've both seen that just don't make adjustments, say you're going to have to adjust to us. Do you think that that was a situation right here where a guy is just like, you know, he's gotten us this far, let's not make the adjustment? I don't want to believe that. I have definitely been in locker rooms with guys like that. They're usually not very good coaches. Um, there, There is something to be said. I shouldn't say that. Let me take that back. Because Mike D'Antoni is a guy who will tell you, we're, we're going to make you adjust to what we do, right? That's that's but, what I was referencing. That's what Mike, I was referencing. Yeah. Mike does that. But within that, you're, you're, you're going to change up what you do. Like, it's not like I'm going to keep beating my head against a brick wall. I, I, I might throw some wrinkles into what I do, and you, therefore, are going to have to you know, deal with what I do. It's just another way of the way I do it. I don't want to, I don't, I don't think Brad Stevens is like that. He seems like a guy who, who's, who makes adjustments. I, I just, I, I don't know if that was, I can't, I can't put my finger on the Logan because I think he's a really good coach and I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Um, he got his ass handed to him by Eric Spolstra. And if I am the Celtics brass, I, it might not seem like a lot to a lot of people, but not figuring that two three zone out that had no unique qualities to it. That's like an A really, zone, bro. It's really concerning, dog. It's really concerning. How about I? I think it's just one of those things because every coach has gotten their lunch taken from them. Every coach worth their salt has done that. We'll see what happens next year because this is a team that some people are saying like a year ahead of schedule. You know, with Tatum balling and things like that. We're gonna get to Tatum because I know that that's something that. You're very passionate about, and we talk about this all the time. All right. But what do you think about the Celtics team, though, right? Like, they they got to the conference finals. They seem like a player going forward. We don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn and, and Kevin and Kevin and Kyrie over there, but I see the Celtics as being among the top of the Eastern Conference. Am I yeah. wrong to think that? No, I think you're right. I think the Celtics are 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 poised to have some some shelf life in the Eastern Conference. Um what, what I look, I in one breath I just said that Brad Stevens would it would be really concerning. I might if I'm the Celtics, I'm like, look, if it's just a matter of 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 you getting like caught like a deer in, in headlights, I, I could give you the benefit of the doubt. It was just a zone. So that would be the me playing devil's advocate, you know, against what I just said. So the two things that they would have to clean up um would be not getting out coached in that situation. Because these are two things that the three things. Not getting out coaching that situation. Your star um, in Jason Tatum being being a star, like, you know, like taking the reins and saying, I got this shit. I'm not going to go 0 for 13 through three games in the first quarters. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then a little, a, a little bit of a level of grit that I feel like the Heat might hold that advantage on most teams in the NBA. So I can't really even hold that against you. Like the, the Heat, you put them in any game, you're going to say the Heat are probably the tougher, grittier team. That's just the way they play. Even against the Lakers coming up? We'll get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah, they're, they're much tougher than the Lakers, like straight okay. up. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. You talked about Jason Tatum. Yeah. This is somebody that we have definitely clashed in, in views on. I'm a big Jason Tatum fan. I think you're not as high on him. Uh, you're not as uh, Let's keep it a buck. I think that Jason Tatum is going to be a bona fide superstar. All he needs to do is figure out how to get to the line right now. And I think okay. that this was one of those series that every young player has where they some they just get figured out, they get their ass kicked, they just don't have a great series. 
right. they show they show they show some things and and every LeBron has had this series. Michael Jordan has had this series. Kevin Durant against the Lakers in 2010, it's meta had this type of series, right? Mm-hmm. This is the series that you, in my opinion, that happens right before you become a superstar. And Tatum showed signs. I think that the biggest thing that we need to see going forward with him is how he gets to the free throw line. And that's how he becomes from a 20-something per game score to a 30-point per game score. And I think that he's right on the cusp of that. Okay. I don't know I, if you feel the same way. I think that all of that's fair. I think it, I think you had some really good points in terms of that failure at, at that moment or or not being able to get over the hump at that moment being the being the catalyst for you going back to the drawing board and really rounding out what you need to to put in your bag to be the champion. So I can't argue any of that. I think he is as gifted as there is in the NBA with the ball in his hands, a size skill combination is really unique. He would be impossible to guard. Like I think I really do believe that what I worry about and what I, I try to articulate is my concern with him um, is the mental part of it. There, there's a killer that is in certain people. You saw it in Jamal Murray this, this postseason. You saw it in Donovan Mitchell this postseason. Shit. You saw it in Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo in this series that I quite frankly worry about Jason Tatum having. Don't know that that's fair to him. You know, ultimately it doesn't really matter. I don't care, but I worry about that with him. And that you don't develop over the course of an offseason. You can get to the free throw line. You can round your game out. Um, you can become a better scorer. But do you have that guy in you? And I don't know the answer to that. And so that's, he, that's the concern I have. Here's the thing, though. It's, he's 22 years old. And I'm not making no Valid. comparisons right now. I'm not as far as game goes. but. When LeBron was 22, there was a lot of people talking about, oh, man, he just doesn't have it in him. He has all these skills. He just doesn't have it in him. We're looking real stupid right now th- saying that in hindsight, right? In 20, right. When Le- like I just said, he's not a fully mature person yet. That is very fair. It's also not fair to be comparing Jason Tatum to LeBron James. I'm not. I'm not comparing. I'm That's, comparing. I, I'm, I'm comparing I, the I, arguments around them, right? Like, we have seen players – go through this cycle of they're really, really good. They they don't play well in one postseason series. What what year did LeBron like you gotta forgive me for not having I didn't know we were going here, but what year did LeBron make the finals? Was it what year? At twenty two. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean at twenty two, oh, right? I was it like his third year? Let me check. You you make some good points about Jason Tatum though. I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm saying that I have my concerns. He was twenty two um, 06, 07, when he got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. Right. And showed some, yeah, showed some, showed some chinks in the armor, showed, had some things, you know, highlighted for him that he needed to work on. Had to um, work on his jump shot. People said he didn't have a killer instinct. I'm not comparing their games. I'm just comparing the coverage that, um, and that was the 20, the 2006, 07 season, um, when he was 22. I don't. I can't recall a point in LeBron's career where he was the guy. And I'm not, and, I'm, and, I'm not, but, but, I, I just want to preface by saying, I'm here's not trying di- to compare them. All I'm trying to do is saying that there's precedent for people that have not, that you think are, tw- they're 22, but. Shit, at 22, people told me I'd never play in the NBA. I played 13 years in it. So like you could Talk you your definitely, shit, talk your shit. You know what no, I'm saying? But, no, but the point is like, yeah, at 22, you could be like, miss like evaluated or people can miss on whether or not like I could certainly miss on whether or not Tatum develops into that because you are young there's there's hopefully a lot in front of you um 
it just went all right. First of all, LeBron in those days never had a Jalen, uh, Kemba, um, uh, Marcus Smart, who was fighting for shots. Like he was clearly the alpha, so he had to play a different role. He couldn't just sit back and let it come to him. I w- Jason Tatum just looked like he was passive in times where you can't afford to be passive if you are that guy. And maybe that has something to do with his supporting cast. And I yeah. should give him more of a benefit of the doubt. But it, it I just, think that there's still time for him to mature into that guy, and I wouldn't write it write that part off of him yet. I can't write him off. I got my concerns, so just put that in the file. Put that in the file. Uh, and, you know, talking about that, it was it was funny to see the juxtaposition between Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler, and then you go to Jason Tatum, right? Because there's a close, it's a closeout game. How do you, as since the moment of, okay, I got to take over right now, right? And I know you have never put put in that position to do that, to like say like, yo, I got to, you know, put it on my back right now. But when when do you see that a star player, you know, from your vantage point has to sense that? When do, well, when have you seen them have to be like, okay, it's my turn to do this? Um, So I've never, I didn't have to do, that was my job in the NBA, but in college and in high school and at other levels, that's your job, right? So I have... I do understand um, I understand what you have to do in games like that, just not necessarily at the NBA level for me personally. It's, it, it, there's no time to take over. It's when we come out of the gates and this is a loser go home situation, people are following me. They are looking to take their cues from me if I am the alpha, right? And so whether I am hot or not, because I don't ultimately control that, I must be aggressive and I must look like I have this shit under control. If I look stymied or if I look confused or if I look like not confident, that is going to trickle down. And there are going to be people, a la Marcus Smart last night, who sense it and feel like it's then their job to step up and and play out of character to some degree, shooting too many shots because they don't they don't trust that I'm going to do it. And that domino effect is dangerous. So for what? for an alpha, he's got to be ready to go, bro. It ain't got you can be zero for eight and and still pushing the envelope trying to get buckets. That's what and, I was going to ask you. If he's aggressive, but he's but he but you can't say this though. He was he was going over in the first quarter. Like he was trying to be aggressive shots weren't. Yeah, going but down. they were they were they were they were they were all Jays, bro. They were like deep threes and so if he like, was going to the cup and he was just 0 for eight and was just really aggressive, you would feel it a different way? Well good scorers, once you realize you're 0 for four from three and you're that talented, they go to the cup. Like you if you're a good scorer, any good scorer will tell you, dog, if your jump shot's off, like and you ask him, just open ended question, dog. What are you gonna do if you if you if you're zero for four, um, for threes? What's what's your next move? They're gonna tell you they're getting to the cup and trying to either get a layup or get some free throws. They want to see the ball go through the hole. So that's that's your job. That's what concerns me about that. That you just kept casting up jumpers until you eventually got hot. But by that point, I mean, you know, we we were in a ball game. I, I think though, if Tatum, say if this ha- series happens next year. I think Tatum will be ready to I have faith in him. Okay. And I feel like he's he's going to be if you put Tatum in this series and he's so good in the first quarter, I think the Celtics win the series. Yeah, I'm with you. If if right? Jason Tatum looks good early um and that team feels normal, right? Cuz what you're talking about Logan and what I'm talking about is as 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 Steve's running mate or Sean Marion or Amari Stoudemire's running mate, I want to be the best that I can be to support them in my role. So, you know, 
like when I look over there and they look out of sorts and I'm looking out the corner of my eye and I'm like, damn, bro, they don't look like they really want this smoke. Like, do I have to do a little extra? Once you start having me and other players on our team having to pick up slack or perceive slack, you have a problem. Like that can't manifest itself. In Everybody has a role on a team and their role is to lead, to lead, carry, you. lead you. And whether you're scoring it at a, at a high and effective field goal percentage or not, just knowing that you're confident and you ain't going to stop doing what you do is really important to me and my role. And I felt like, to your point, if he had been that dude early, it would have settled Boston down. They would have been a lot more effective. And I do believe they could have beat the Heat. He was just out of sorts. Do we need to put more respect on Spolster's name? Uh, Yeah, I think, look, Eric Spolster, you're talking about Pop. He's one of the best. Your, three do you think he's a, he's a top three coach right now? I do think you he's put, a top three. Like coach Pop, who would you put? Pop Kerr and, and Spo? Like who I mean, would you put? Pop, so Steve said, Kerr, and, and Spo. I paused because I didn't know who to put two in Eric Spolster's name. I wanted to put it at number two, but yes, Steve Kerr is in the mix, and then you know Eric Spolster is right there with them for sure. And does this push Brad Stevens? This this does this push him out of the top five in coaching right now? You're asking me to go through a because uh, I, I just think it makes him like fourth. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You're <laughs> you know what I mean? The, like, I think that you know, Steven Brad Stevens is getting getting slander. Yeah, I mean, you're still in the Eastern Conference Finals. You still have a, a really good basketball team. Unfortunately, my job is to sit here like with y'all and dissect that. And it, it was, I, I still think he's top five, Logan. But man, I, I mean, I know I keep beating a dead horse with this shit, man. Like, if you knew how, like, if I'd I'd love to do like a breakdown, like maybe the ringer, let me do like a breakdown on just the zone. Mm-hmm. And I could just whiteboard you how open the middle. I don't of that know, man. You might break the equipment of how pissed you are. You might break the equipment. I, mean, I don't know. Damn, Brad. You might break the telestrator. Damn, Brad. Uh, but how do you know what a good coach is? And do you know that instantly? What are the characteristics of a good coach versus a bad coach? As a um, yeah, not I, saying I that. And I want to preface that not saying that Brad is a bad coach or suppose a bad coach. But I, I do. How do how do but how do how do you know that? How do you know when you come into a locker room? Yeah, I think first of all, like we all know the game, so know, knowing your shit is critical, right? Like having a mastery of whatever your philosophy is and not not really wavering on that, being able to teach that. Um, once you've taught it to us and really, and we can and, and we can see whether it bears results or not. Like that's that's an indictment or an endorsement, right? So if it works, you're like, yeah, okay. Then with then once you've got through that, I think it's like communi- communication, being a guy who can really get down and um, have conversations with players and, and different people uh, that 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 bear fruitful relationships uh, is important. Flexibility, Logan, is important. You talked about like the my way or the highway approach, like you're dealing with with guys in the NBA that are that are savants. Like you have to have some input from your best players. You know, Le- you have to be able to take what LeBron's telling you and figure out how to make that work within what you do. Um, and then being able to adjust like on the fly, which is kind of flexibility because the other great coach is going to counter what you're doing. And then this is where Brad did not do his job. Like you have to make an adjustment um, to at minimum make the heat make an adjustment. And they just didn't do that. Do you, what do you think about uh, when you talk about coaches, it's especially NBA coaches, you're, you're t- coaching grown men. How, how does that differ from coaching kids? Because you can't always just push a hard line on a grown ass man. It just, yeah. you know, what do you, how do you, how do you gain respect from, uh, from a 28, 29 year old when you're a coach? 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question. Um, I I think with a lot of a lot of young players, um, you you have to, and I keep saying it's a relationship business, man. You have to build relationships with people, um, so that they begin to trust that you don't just want to win for your pocket, but you have everyone's collective like um, pockets in mind, right? Like I'm trying to help everybody win here. We are a family. Um, I think holding everyone similarly accountable within reason is important, right? I don't know like if you, that's realistic though, is it's it? It's not, no, no, not every, I said similarly and within reason, right? Because I can't hold everyone exactly the same way accountable. Like that's not realistic, but Can I Can you I hold do, Raja Bell the same way ac- accountable as you would Steve Nash? You, so Steve Nash and I had this conversation in regards to like, like when we were talking about his coaching philosophy and stuff like that. And he said that he has to develop relationships with players uh, and and to where if um Kevin Durant or Kyrie should um do something wrong or execute poorly or or just generally fuck up that in a film session he has the equity to be able to say not beating a dead horse about it not not harping on it but just matter of factly hey hey Kevin you fuck this up and this is, you know, this is the way we want to do it. And then you can move on from there, but you have to have the relationship in place where you can say that to your best player. And then everybody else in the locker room is like, oh, okay. Cause I know he say the same shit to me. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't got to chew him out, but you have to have that level of respect and the relationships well, that, yeah. to pull that off. That's a good point as far as gaining that respect. And I think that that's, especially, you know, this day and age with players is they want to know that you actually care about them. Or actually, or some semblance of that. I know Kyrie does. I know, you know, Kevin does. You have to have um, a built-in relationship with a person to respect them. He can't just walk in. Nash can't just walk in and be like, this is how it is and right. my way or the highway. It just doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. What's the best thing a coach has done for you in your career? Just instill confidence in me, bro. Um, you probably know, you probably know this. Like, it's just, it transcends a sport. Like, when you have someone, whether it be a boss or a coach, who believes very strongly in what you can add, um, even when you might be like on the edge of your confidence level and they're looking at you like, no, bro, this is what you do. We need you to do it. Even if it doesn't work right now, go out there and do it some more. That was Mike D'Antoni for me. And that was um, huge, like in, 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 in my development as a player. The other thing that a coach did for me was, was, my high school, I mean, my college coach, Shaky Rodriguez did it. And then Jerry Sloan did it for me when I was with the jazz was just let me be who, who I was, um, you know, emotionally and physically. Like a lot of people wanted to tone me down because, because it didn't fit in their box of like how you should act all the time. And I was going to do some dumb shit. Like I was going to punt a ball in practice or, or like choke somebody. yeah, I was going to do some stupid shit. But they let me be who I was within reason. Like if if they needed to calm me down, they would. But they weren't always in my ass about trying to fit into that box. And it once they let me be me, they got the best out of me. Did the player? I mean, did were you the type of player that needed an occasional arm around you, like Yo Rogers? All right, because I feel I'd imagine you felt like the world was on your on your shoulders, especially after the Kobe shit. And then you know you have that rep. Like, do you? Occasionally, do you have to be like, yo, man, we got you, Roger? Were you one of those guys? Like, yo, chill? No, I didn't need the, like, I played with a lot of guys that needed the the reassurance of like, hey, man, you're great. Like, you know, we love you type of thing. I never needed that. Like, because um, 
I did need occasionally and full, yeah, you know, like there were times where I didn't trust. I came into the league and, and I wasn't asked to shoot. And therefore, like I stopped shooting and then I lost all confidence in my shot. And I had to rebuild that through like work in the summers. <clears throat> so by the time I got to Phoenix, like I shot it well, but no one had ever said, just keep shooting if you miss. I was always like, if you miss a few, probably start passing. And so I needed occasionally Mike to tell me, hey, man, you're good. You got it. Like, you, we trust you. Keep shooting. Like, that went a long way for me. I just kind of talked about that. I was more of a guy that, like, would, you know, just, I, I'd, I'd have a fight every now and again. Or, like, I wake up sometimes <laughs> and I'm not in a great mood, right? So, like, if you say the wrong shit to me, you know, I'm, I might pop off and, and, you know, we're into some shit. And you had to know as a coach, like, let him be today. Like, don't, don't, like. Raj is tripping, bro. He's just gonna sit over there and just. Raj is, he was yeah. Raj is tripping. Okay, Raj is tripping. Just let him go. And and the, and the ones who could figure that out, like you know, they were better coaches in my estimation than the ones that were always like making you do dumb shit. Because once you start making me do stupid shit, like you know, it's punishment. Now I'm extra tuned out. You know. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about the NBA finals. The Ringer NBA show was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Coming up this Monday evening, it's a showdown between two of the NFL's most potent offenses as the Baltimore Ravens take on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be a fun one. Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. I'm in. And FanDuel Sportsbook is throwing a little gasoline on this barn burner. With a $10 risk-free same-game parlay for all customers, cash in on these two high-flying teams that can really run up the score. FanDuel is the only place with same-game parlay where you can combine multiple bets from one matchup or team into a single parlay. When all the legs of your parlay hits, you win more than if you bet separately. And if you don't win, we will refund your bet up to $10 in site credit. So go big. So as for me, I think I'm going to take the over on passing yards for Patrick Mahomes. I think I'm going to take the over on passing yards as well for Lamar Jackson. I think I'm going to also take the under in rushing yards for Mark Ingram. That's just a taste of my same game parlay. And you can do the same on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. If sports betting is legal in your state, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to make the same game parlay for Kansas City versus Baltimore. If not, you can go play the single game contest with FanDuel Fantasy. And if you're new to the FanDuel Sportsbook, be sure to sign up with promo code RINGERNBA so they know that I sent you. That's promo code RINGERNBA. You must be 21 years or older and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, or Iowa. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Colorado, call 1-800-522-4700. And in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Now back to real ones. All right, and we're back. The finals are set up, Roger Bell. What you, okay, Logan. What do you, what do you, listen, let me tee you up. Let me tee you I'm up. Me up. Throw me up. Throw me up. Yeah, let me tee you up. All Run right. point. We know how you we know how you feel about the Lakers. <laughs> we know this is this is like not new news for anyone. Um the Heat are are a really tough, scrappy team that's as hot as anybody. My favorite and team I, in the bubble, by the way. I'm on record saying that. Okay. So then how like you have to be conflicted going into this finals, no? Uh I'm not conflicted. I, I think that the Lakers win. In a relatively easy five game series. Really? Yeah, 
I do. I think that um, Bam Adebayo has been great. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that we haven't talked about this entire postseason is how small the Heat are. Okay. The Heat are not a very big in the front court. The Lakers have mobile bigs who can – I'm curious to see what what Bam does against Dwight Howard. Yeah. A very mobile big that can stick with him. And then and then AD, and then he plays against AD. Well, so is, is there any concern from your end about the, the, the flip side of that argument that is like someone of those bigs has to – stick with Duncan Robinson coming off of like, like he's at the four a lot for them. And he is, he is, he is running off of a lot. There's a lot of action in his game. Do you, is there any part of you that worries about the Lakers getting caught up in being too big? Maybe. Uh, no. And not, not necessarily because of what they figured out in the Houston series is, you know, if you put AD at center, you're unstoppable. And I think AD is going to be the biggest X factor in this series. And that's something that you have talked about throughout the postseason, even before we got to the postseason, is AD is the biggest X factor. And I think if you put AD at center, I'm taking the Lakers small ball over anyone in the league right now. I'm with you on that. Yeah, Is that fair? I'm with you on it. So you imagine a series that – all right, better question. Who do you think makes the other team scale either – scale first like do the heat have to scale up first to handle the size of the lakers or do the lakers have to scale i think down? it's what happens with, with with whoever sets that tone right because i think the lakers just didn't set a tone as a um with their front court against the rockets mm-hmm. and the rockets kind of dictated those terms early on if the lakers can dictate terms and shut down bam early on with their with their size then i think that it's going to be a relatively quick series I'm I'm with you, and I would take it a step further. There were plays in the Nuggets series where Dwight Howard was as big as he could be at the front of the rim with Daniel Craig or somebody like, not Daniel Craig, but uh, what's the boy's name? Tory Craig? Daniel Tory Craig. Craig. Tory Craig on his back, like on a straight like pick and roll. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers have to be willing to give him that ball. I know he's not Dwight from like, the the those days but all he's got to do is turn and dunk that on on my thing is this somebody. though this is the best part like to have dwight this good right now and all he has to do is focus something that we've been trying to ask him to do his whole career focus on two things defense and running the floor mm-hmm. all that's all he has to do right now and i think that's going to do wonders if all he has to do is focus on defense one of the greatest defenders of all time yeah he's tough all he has to do is focus on defense i and I need you to. I need your offensive rebound like you did in game in game six too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, was it five the, game five? My bad. If the if the Lakers impose their will in the front court, this is a quick series. It, there's, I don't think that there's any argument there. I'm going to take the Lakers in six. Um, I worry about if from the Lakers' perspective. Um, not AD and LeBron, although I would say like Jimmy Butler and Andre Iguodala statistically um, are two of the better defenders on LeBron. Like that Iggy, I, you probably couldn't have foreseen this if you were a Heat fan coming in. You didn't think you were going to talk about Iguodala. I want to talk about Iguodala. All right, bet. That's insurance. Like that's just insurance with Jimmy Butler. Those are two capable defenders. I know one's stopping LeBron, but they're very capable. Um, I worry about the Lakers consistency around like the Alex Caruso's, the playoff Rondo, the Danny Green who made, you know, big shots. But like, 
you know, I could make an argument where the Heat have the better supporting cast. Clearly, the the Lakers have the star power, but I could make that argument. Is all I'm saying. You can make that argument. I don't believe that. You know, with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they're going to be good, but they're also up and down too. You know, true. You know, Tyler Hero was great, and he was great down the stretch of Game Six too. Don't get me wrong; he balled down the stretch, but those guys are up and down as well. Fair. And so that's just that's just I think that's just what it is right now. Um, and you can make the same argument for the Miami Heat. Uh, guys can be up and down. Will Jimmy? Um, will Jimmy Butler? play like he did in game six to start or will he play like he did most of the playoffs to start and is not as aggressive right and we'll see one thing i am concerned about because like i felt this way in 04 with the lakers when they went to the finals and they played the pistons and we were saying the same thing lakers are going to sweep they have Karl malone they have Shaq. they have kobe they have gary payton they have the super team um i think this Lakers team is better than that team, and I think a bit more focus than that team. There's a lot less drama than that 0 team. Mm-hmm. But should we be concerned that the Heat could pull a pull a Detroit Pistons? Uh, it's it's uh, no, no. I mean, I thought that the Heat would get could get out of the East. I've always maintained that once they got to the Lakers, their their true kryptonite was going to be that star power. I still believe that Logan. I still believe that you don't have an answer for for either one of those two. So I don't think they can beat them. Um, I think that that Detroit team was had been together a little longer and had more veteran leaders, guys that weren't maybe as erratic as you just alluded to Duncan and 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 um and Tyler Hero. Like there was some more stability there. Uh here's what concerns me. Another thing that concerns me about the Lakers, they are top heavy with LeBron and AD. Both of those guys can go through like low energy levels in games, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not realistic that LeBron has the type of game that he had in in in, in the last game where he's just on point guarding the other team's best player and he can lay it out there for 40 minutes. That He can't do that. The Heat are the type of team that are not going to stop playing for anything. They're playing hard from first whistle to the last whistle, whether they make sh- shots or not. That, that's, that could be a concern for the Lakers because the Lakers will go to sleep for you like or on you for stretches of games. That's why they've gone. That's why the first round was five games, right? Right. <laughs> that's why the game. That's why it took a minute for them to beat Houston. Both of those series, in hindsight, if they're on, should be sweeps. And Agreed. I think about that now um, with the Heat. You know, are they gonna are they gonna have trouble because they don't? I think that they're gonna give up one game because they just don't care. That's just the game that you know LeBron is just la- not laboring, but he's just walking up the court. He's just standing in the corner. Those are the games that they're going to lose. Um, if he's engaged, which he has been since that MVP um, debate that he had, this is going to be four or five games, in my opinion. And speaking okay. of LeBron, Paul Pierce had some some words about LeBron talking about players are scared of LeBron. Now, I know that, you know, back in his day when when Jordan came to town, got, there were people legitimately scared of playing against Jordan. And I know that there's definitely a, a level of of awe from opponents when they see LeBron on the other end. I wouldn't I don't necessarily disagree that players are I wouldn't necessarily disagree that players are scared of LeBron. I mean, it just is what it is. He's the best player in the league right now. And he has been for some time. Paul Pierce. Um, 
says some wild shit sometimes. Like he just he he says like he says a lot of crazy. I'm not ta- I'm not saying that he's wrong either. Um, this is I don't think this is as crazy as a take as when he said that he's a better shooter than Clay Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop. Um, there, so there's a generation. LeBron is playing in a generation of kids that like grew up, grew up watching watching LeBron. So there's some real reverence there. Like the first time I played against MJ, um, was, was that Wizards pre- MJ? Wizards MJ in the preseason, um, 2002. We were in at, we were in Happy Valley. We were playing at Penn State. Okay. Um, and there was not a bigger MJ fan than me. Like I I I I, I sat with MJ when I was 13 years old after a practice when they were practicing the Miami Heat, every Bulls player got on the bus and left. MJ wouldn't sign shit. He got on the bus and I was like walking away with my head down and I was the last person there watching the bus leave and then the bus stopped. MJ got off the bus and sat down, was waiting for somebody to pick him up to play golf. So I sat with MJ for like 30 minutes talking like, you know, just, it was the coolest shit in, in the world. So like at 13, there was no bigger MJ fan than me. But when I saw him the first time, there was a little bit of me that was like, damn, this is cool as shit. And then I went right to like, I want, I want everything I could get. So like I had 21 on him in a preseason game. How, how I, was it? How surreal was, okay. First off, you opened something. How surreal was it? What do you talk about uh, for 30 minutes with MJ at 13? I just ever, everything like, so I was there for about 10 to 15, like dolo. And then people started like, there were probably about six or seven of us at the end. Um, you know, we talked about, he was like, he asked me my shoe size. He was like, man, I give you, I give you mine, but your foot's bigger than mine. Like I had on, I think the fives at the time, like, and the toe was all torn up. So he was like, man, what you been doing? Skateboarding in those? And I was like, nah, I just, you know, it your, was. Your shoe's too expensive, bro. I can't buy them new I'm like, I can't, Yeah, let me. So it was, it was pretty cool. No basketball. Cause I was just in awe of being in the presence of, of MJ. Did Mike have know? an aura to him? I have pictures of that shit. I think there is a glow around Mike. There's like a, yeah, there's like a green glow around Mike in the pictures. He was cool <laughs> as hell though. Like cool, okay. cool as hell. But the point, I, the overall point I was making was by the time I was, I don't know, 23 and I got to play against Mike, there was no fear in my heart. Like that is, I, I these are opportunities for me to like, to put a stamp on, on like who I'm going to be in this league. So if anyone out there is afraid of LeBron, then they ain't the type of dudes you want to be getting into games with, man. You shouldn't have any fear. You can respect the hell out of a dude, have but some you, reverence for you him. You readily but, acknowledge not everybody's like you, right? Uh, I know a lot of cats in the NBA, but that that aren't built like that. Like, it, and ultimately, like, you better pair them up with some real killers because, like, that shit gets you eaten up. Yeah. And what is was Michael talking mess during when you guys were playing? This is Wizards, Mike. No, unbeknownst to me at the time. Mike did not give a shit about a preseason game. Like I did not, I didn't realize that no one cared about preseason. I did because <laughs> I was trying to make the team. So when we came out and played the Wizards, like in, I don't know, second or third game of the season in DC, I scored zero points and Mike probably had like 27, like, and he stole the ball from me four times. But the, the point was, I didn't know, but I did wasn't talk afraid. talk to you? No, he didn't say shit. He okay. Yeah, he right. just let me be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's funny. But I, I do get that that people would be like, like at least in awe of LeBron right now at this point, right? You're 17, he's a legend. He's gonna be one. Of, he's in the conversation to be the greatest of all time. Of Whenever we all know, even on the nights when LeBron comes to town, it's a different vibe. It's just different. Um, and I know young guys are still like, oh man, this is crazy. 
Yeah, that look, there's some real shit to that. I think LeBron, I think what helps those guys though, okay, let me let me let me use Kobe as an like uh, uh, um kind of a comparison to LeBron. See, LeBron is more new school. No one's right? ever done that before, by the way. Yeah, right? That's a hot take. Um LeBron isn't like a uh LeBron's friends with a lot of cats. Like, you know, he he is from the like collective we like this is our league even though he's the king like he doesn't really have like real beef with a lot of people you know what i mean like kobe on the other hand like if he sensed any fear in you he didn't like you anyway so like he was trying to like, <laughs> even when he real, liked you he didn't like you he didn't like you so that was bully mentality right like if you if i sense any fear i smell blood i'm like a shark in the water um i don't think lebron necessarily is wired like that. So it probably saves some of these cats who might be afraid of him. Um, but it's just a bad practice, bro. You can't look, man. I, I mean, I, people raise their kids all different kind of ways. Like if my, if I see my sons act like they're afraid of somebody, bro, they got to deal with me when they get home. Like, so that's, that's just the way I put it. If you, if you're going to be scared of him then you going to be, extra what do you say to me. a teammate that says, man, it's LeBron over there. Oh man. Bro. I'm, oh my goodness! <laughs> hey, hey Raja, hey Raja, do you do you see him? Hey, listen, shoe, do you see his shoes? I've had teammates, Logan, that don't want to guard the best play. I've had teammates. So, for instance, I played on teams. I'm not saying names today. Um, where teammates have said, hey, uh, "You got you guard Tracy McGrady." Like that's not my matchup. We didn't go over that in 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 shoot around like I'm six five T Max like six eight six nine like I it, it's a ma- it's a mismatch but they don't want that smoke so I've had to go over there and 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 try to do the best I could but right then I'm just putting like in my mind I'm like all right I can't I can't count on you bro you could be talented I mean I don't know but I can't fuck with you like that do you say that to them or are you just like bro I don't no that's just do in you the memory just fall bank. back we'll have the conversation like at dinner with like another teammate who I trust. You'd be like, like you know, you was a punk right now just for saying that. Right. Remember when you said that earlier, when we was talking Facts. about, you know, you said that you wanted me to take McGrady when that wasn't in the scouting report. I got to take him, but well, you know how you did that to me. If I'm sitting around with like our GM and we're looking to add pieces that we think can get us over the hump and you say said name to me and I say, nah, dog, I don't really like, he he ain't built like that, bro. Like you know what I'm. Mean? Those are the they're, they're indictments on who you are. Like whether I could trust you down the stretch or not, bro. Every that's what I'm noticing. It's not just a basketball thing or a sports thing, bro. Every to a certain level, everything you say to a person is like a job interview. Everything you say, right? Like yep. I'll take him. No, I won't take him. Roger, yo, just take the switch real quick, bro. You know what yep. I mean? And you you failed. <laughs> you failed. Okay, <laughs> put so, him in that pile. He's in the other pile now. <laughs> So, <laughs> who was who was the? Uh, let's keep it lit, man. Who did you hate guarding? You wouldn't say it then, and you would still guard him. Who did you hate? Like, damn it, I gotta, I, I can't go out tonight. I'm chilling. Um, Getting a good night's rest tonight. Yeah, Gilbert Arenas was 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 a bitch to guard. I didn't I didn't like guarding him very much. Why um, not? Because he just was so like crafty offensively. Just and pull up from any before people were really pulling it from like way out there. Like he was completely unpredictable. Like you just couldn't ever prepare for what was going to happen there. Um, I did not like guarding Carmelo at all. He was too physical. Um, He's a big boy, too. Yeah. And I used to have to they knew I would take charges on him. So a lot of coaches would put me in there on him. But that shit just hurt. It was you hurt the next day. He was going to make you pay for every charge you took. Um and then Ginobili, I didn't like. I didn't like. I didn't like Arden Ginobili. 
Well, Ginobili is an interesting one, right? Like, yeah. And he was new. It was a new style of basketball too. So you're having to figure that part out. And he's just so good. And he's coming off the bench, so you know he's on attack mode all the way. What was it about Ginobili that you were just uh, it's just so slithery, like, or he's going to flop? Yeah, all of it. Left-handed, um, which is, you know, I don't know how many players there were. It was him and Tyshawn Prince, a few others. But, like, you don't see that. Um, he had that offbeat type of game that always kept you kind of, like, you knew he would flop. So if you tried to get too close, they're, they're, like, memes of, like, both of us, like, flopping or whatever they are. I feel are. like, yeah, just, I've seen you flop, and I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, bro. But cool. Get your buddy playing right, boy. Well, you have to flop um, against, like, Ginobili because if you don't flop, he's going to flop, right? So it was really weird like that. And then he was just so good at getting back to his left. And even though the game plan was pushing him right, the more you pushed him right, the more it opened up his ability to get back to his left. I just never really had great success guarding him. I just – I didn't love playing him. What is it like playing up up against the Spurs like that when they're not a they're not a team that – talks trash they just say good job good job way to go like they're not but they give i'm sure they give little bows and stuff on the low but what is it like playing against Ginobili and the spurs when they don't they're not the the flashy team that at least outwardly that's gonna just talk talk mess um in, infuriating because like we felt like and i've always felt like they got the benefit of every single situation call like suspension. Um, and I thought, I, I always felt like it all, it all played into like their, that brand that you just described, right? Like, Hey, we're the San Antonio Spurs. We do it the right way. And I loved it. Like, because like, and it was part jealousy because I was in their camp. They were the first team to sign me and they yeah. cut me. I always wanted you to You seem like them. a prototypical Spurs player. Like in your 13th year, we get Raja. Like why, how come that didn't happen? Why why didn't you get back on the what's going on? Was the Spurs ever an option for you after camp? I wasn't ready. Um they cut me for Derek Dial and admittedly I wasn't ready. Like I didn't they ran a lot of pick and roll. I didn't understand pick and roll. Pop has always said to me when I see him like, "Man, like I wish we we had kept you. You should be on our team." type of deal. Um he's a nice I, it seems like he's a very like nice dude. I, I know he's Pop. not I know that Pop isn't necessarily nice to us. Nah, Pop is a good dude, man. Like, but he you, seems like a nice dude. Pop is a, a is, is a really good salt of the earth type of dude, man. I had a I had an opportunity. I sat out that last year in Utah because I wouldn't go back um, under their conditions. And then uh, the next year, they they San Antonio flew me out, and it was expressed to me that it was like going to be like uh, I was going to come out and play some pickup with Manu and Tim and and those guys so they could kick the tires and see what I look like. So I was like, all right, like I'll I'll do that. I had come into the league in the meat markets, which were like free agent camps where you go mm -hmm. to a camp, they're like 30 of y'all, y'all beat the shit out of each other. And like at the end of the two days, they may ask one of you to come back to like vet camp or something. So yeah. I had always vowed that I wasn't going to do that like at the end of my career. But this was different because I was going to go out and play some pickup. They wanted to see if I was still in good shape. And I always wanted to play for it. When I got off the plane, I saw Kalina Azabuki and two other players. And I was like, huh. And my first indication that something was wrong was like nobody met me at baggage. Yeah. So like that's how you know as an NBA dude. Like if nobody's there to get you at baggage, you're you had like, to get a, 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 a taxi. Yeah, I had to go out to the curb and I had to like wait around and I was like, okay, this is. And then I saw Kalina and I saw another player and then a van showed up. When the oh. van shows up, I was like, it ain't no town car, nothing. It was a white van and I was like, oh fuck. So 
I get in the car, I start asking the dude who's driving the van some pointed questions about what the weekend is going to look like. And it was a it was a free agent meat market. So I got to the hotel. I had my travel agent make me a flight back to like Florida. And I called R.C. Buford on the plane before we took off on the way back saying thanks, but no thanks. Oh, OK. Yeah. I couldn't. There wasn't much I controlled in my career, bro. But like, I don't know make if it you was feel? the right call. How'd that make you feel? Um, it, I, I could sleep at night because I always okay. said I didn't want to do that anymore. Like, that's not what the way I wanted to go out. I, I understand that. I understand that. I, um, you talked about Salt Lake City and Pop. I went to this uh, this um, restaurant called Walters in Salt Lake. You, go, I'm sure you. That's my before. man. Okay, I went Walter, there before. Yeah. It was real. Shout out Walters, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was good. But you the see Walters all these pictures of all these NBA players and all the, and you see a picture right in the middle, um, right when you go in the entrance. It's it's Pop. Yeah. With yeah, a good. wine, yeah. I, he is going to sit there and drink a, a case of your finest, I'm sure. Um, Walter started at a place. Did you ever go to uh, Cucina Toscana? It's like right around the corner from what used to be the Delta Center. But it was even closer to where we played. So I that's used probably to, um, and I, I just heard about it. You know, like Walter's is a really big place in NBA circles, as you know. Yeah. Um, I just, it was right. It was, I saw it. I kept hearing about it. It was around the corner from my hotel at the time. So I just took a little, little scoot, scoot. Just, you feel me? Just mobbed scoot. over. I, you know what I mean, I didn't know nothing else about that. So, but Walter, <laughs> shout out Walter, shout out um, Pop, shout out the Salt Lake. No I doubt, guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, let's take a quick break, and we're gonna pour out some liquor. Today's episode of The Real Ones is brought to you by Heineken. Heineken would like to remind you that it's time for seasonal beers again. That's right. If you thought a cold, crisp summer Heineken was something, just wait until you taste the Heineken fall lineup. Is it a new product? No. It's the same great tasting longer that's perfect for any season. Whether you're watching the Sparks get beaten in a single elimination game, or you're watching the LA Lakers strive towards their 17th title, Heineken is the perfect beer for the any occasion. Heineken Original Lager is made with pure malt and their famous A-Yeast, which makes Heineken an all-season, all-the-time kind of beer. So pick up a pack or get it delivered, whatever your style. Just make sure that you drink responsibly. This episode is also brought to you by Square. Just as the NBA is trying to help teams and players adapt to this new normal, small businesses owners are also figuring out new ways of selling and managing their cash flow. If you run a business, Square has tools to help, like easy ways to take contactless payments in person and simple ways to get paid online. No matter where you sell, Square makes it easy to keep your cash flow moving. You can get instant access to your money with Square Card, a free business debit card. There are no bank transfers needed. You can use your money right away. All these tools work together, all from one place. You just need a Square account to get started. See everything Square can do at square.com slash go slash ringer MBA. Now back to real ones. And we're back. Raja, mm. it's time for a little segment we call pouring out a little liquor. And in honor of the Celtics losing, apparently there's Celtics fans in the building. I didn't what? know that. I didn't know that we had a, that was a thing here. I didn't know that we had, this is like a Celtics run organization. I didn't know <laughs> that that was a thing. So apparently it's not that hard to get Celtics fans at the ringer. We got our guy. Jackson Safan, what's good, Brody? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. A noted Celtics fan. Are you from Boston? What's what's the origin of this Celtics? My fan right dad now? is born and raised in Boston, so that sort of okay. just brainwash brainwash me from a young age, you know. Okay, your video producer, higher learning, doing big things for us at the Ringer. 
Yes, sir. Um, I'm just going to give you the floor, man. The Celtics <laughs> have lost. We are. I don't know if you heard. We had a, we had some slander for Jason Tatum and, and um, Coach Brad Stevens. Let's see what you have to say. You have a minute to just get all your grievances out. <laughs> well, you have a minute. Slander for Jason Tatum. I don't know. I don't know about that. But Brad Brad got coached in circles by Spo. There's there's no doubts about it. It's unfortunate as a Brad supporter, uh, like I am. But the Brad can, took him five games to figure out the zone. The, the Iggy substitution by Spo in last night's game really just there was just no counter on Boston's end, and that was tough. I I mean as a Gordon, guy who's been a Gordon Hayward supporter, it, it, and he, he looked great in Game Three in his first game back. Man, it was tough to watch out there. That that blown layup was brutal. And I, I was thinking about it when guys like Steph or KD shoot the ball. That's like you think it's going to go in every time. And there's like a range of guys you have confidence in, guys you don't have confidence in. I have close to zero confidence in Gordon Hayward shoot, <laughs> shooting the basketball. He actually didn't even shoot it that bad last night when I went back and looked at the numbers. But man, when it's coming off his hand, I just, it's it's tough. It's tough right now. What do you, th- okay, so I'm of the mind of that Jason Tatum is about to be a bona fide superstar. Raja, all I, all I think is all that Tatum needs to do, needs to just get to the free throw line. Raja's of a different mindset. I am of the mindset that, that Jason Go ahead, Tatum, Roger. hold on. Like, I'm of the mindset <laughs> that he's really skilled offensively, but I have concerns about whether he is the alpha, the guy that you that that you have to have on that team to ultimately win championships, be the best player on the team. What do you think, Jackson? I think that I agree. He needs to get to the free throw line more, but he's he's so young still. And I think that in a game like last <laughs> night, when when he wasn't shooting the ball well to start the game, and he didn't, he hasn't shot the ball well in the first quarter of the whole series. But he had eight assists at halftime, nearly a career high at halftime. So, like, if he can Fair. level up in his playmaking and his passing, that is how you sort of complement his lack of a, his not getting to the free throw line enough. Or if he's not the alpha dog that that Celtics fans like myself would hope, even in theory, then at least you're supplementing it with with great playmaking. It's never going to be Luka Doncic in that department, but at least. Getting eight assists in the first half yesterday was a positive side. Let's let's get to the shits, Jackson. <laughs> we saw what Jason Tatum did during this postseason. Mm-hmm. We also saw what Jamal Murray did during this postseason. Mm. I'm going to put you in a GM. You're, gonna, you're the new GM of the Boston Celtics right now. Wow. What an honor. The Nuggets hit you. They say, hey, Jackson, I got, a, I got an offer for you for a trade. I think I'm going um, to give you some Jamal Murray. And um, you know we know you got that extension. We'll, we'll just get a sign and trade to get um, get Murray for Tatum. What are you saying right now? I'm saying can't do it right now with the current roster construction. Got Kemba under contract for a few years, but if if we had a little bit of something closer on the long, along the lines of Jamal Murray and Jeremy Grant for Kemba and Tatum, now we're closer. We're closer. Oh, I'm not saying we're okay. there. I'm okay. saying we're closer. He just said he just said how good so, Jason Tatum is and just shipped his ass off right away. Nah, 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 that's, that's my man. That's my guy. I like where he's at though, because my question was going to be like, it, um, roster wise with this team, yeah. like what 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 do you think they need going forward, or is this it? They just need another year together of yeah. growth. I don't have a problem with them running it back one more year. Like we're, it was close. The the points differential in the Heat series was like three points before last night's game. We got blown out, obviously. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea of running it back. And I like Daniel Tice. I think he's been great. He's struggled 
mightily with Bam. I think upgrading the center position is got to be the goal, even if Tice is good, whether it's a guy before the season, funny enough, I was really of the mindset that the Celtics should trade Jalen Brown for Domatas Sabonis. That I turned out to be dead wrong there because Jalen Brown leveled yes, up. Yeah, Sabonis right. got injured. I, I was wrong, obviously. But I still think that that's sort Are of Are you like, sure you can be GM of the, of the Celtics? No, but here, here's what I got, though. Here's what I got. We, we'll do a little Indiana thing where we trade Gordon Hayward and Romeo Langford, two Indiana boys, for one of the two Pacers bigs, whichever one. Miles Turner or Sabonis. Either, either would whichever be an upgrade. You, whichever they take. Yeah, whichever they don't want. I don't know if Gordon Hayward's uh, value is that high right now, Playboy. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not at a high point. I'll say it. I don't think that's happening, bro. I'm sorry. I don't think, that I don't think <laughs> that that's yeah. not happening. Nah, <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate. It's a, I know. So that's why I don't really know the, the move. What the next move is is tough. I think at this point, if you can't trade Gordon Hayward going into the last year of his contract, or assuming he opts in, it's a player option. Assuming he opts in, you kind of got to just run it back. All right. I got, I got another question for him. Um, let's say we could have done purely playoff basketball here, right? Like this had nothing to do with the regular season. Relationships and the lack thereof aren't, aren't a part of the conversation. But Kemba, Kyrie, who would you have rathered for that Boston series against Miami? Who would have been the better fit in that particular series, Kemba or Kyrie? Um, hmm. That's a tough one. I think the person taking the personalities things out of it is a big factor because obviously Kemba much better fit with Tatum and Brown in terms of personality fit. I don't really think it would have mattered. Like I think Kemba in, in a vacuum is a better, more skilled offensive player than Kemba. But in a series where Miami's playing so much zone and they're doing so much switching and their guys are so good at switching, it's not like Ky- Kyrie's really going to be that much of an upgrade. I don't think Kyrie is a guy that can get a. Bucket though, that's like, no matter He's what, going to under any buckets. circumstance, is Everywhere. is he really that much better against the zone though? Like the zone is such a different wrinkle. And if you're just playing, if they're playing man the whole time, I agree. I'm talking about a dude that can get a bucket. I'm I'm taking Kyrie over Kemba to get a bucket in the playoffs. He hit the greatest shot in in Cavaliers history. Like if if Raja stays did. one maybe, more year, maybe, Raja, maybe he gets I'm Raja just a ring. Bitter after watching him give up against the Milwaukee Bucks two seasons ago. Two playoffs. Uh, that's ago, probably but, what it is. That's probably man, what it is. Man, I, I I got a I got a bit, little bitter taste in my mouth from the last time watching <laughs> Kyrie right. in the playoffs. All right. All right. Oh, you've gotten a lot of disappointment. I don't know what you're sipping right now. I got some <laughs> essential water. I don't know. Roger got something in his cup. A little coffee. Just pour morning. out some liquor for your Celtics, bro. Hey, it was a good run. It was a good run. All right, man. Thanks for coming on, Jackson. Man, hopefully we see you next time under different circumstances. Maybe not. Um, but. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, G. Appreciate it. All right, now we're back with Wubble Talk with Jordan Liggins, our WNBA correspondent, the GOAT of WNBA coverage. We're talking on the on the eve of game five of the West is it was it the Western Conference Finals? Or are we doing or is this just the how do we do this? Is it the conference finals? How does it work right now with the WNBA? Yeah, it's like conference finals, but it's really okay. just the semifinals. Like, Jewel Lloyd threw shade because, like, the NBA got shirts and hats, but yeah. the WNBA doesn't get that. It's yeah, not really it's, conference it's, it's finals. It's weird how that works out. Okay, let's just say, like, the, this is the semifinals. Yeah. The, the yeah. game five of the semifinals between the Sun and the Las Vegas Aces. This has been one of the the, the better series of the WNBA finals that I wasn't re- necessarily expecting. Once the... the, the uh, once the sparks got out, I was just like, okay, the, it's going to be between the Aces and the Seattle Storm. This is going to be collision course to the WNBA Finals. But the Sun have made this a really compelling 
semifinals, you know, and I wasn't expecting this going into get to a, to a game five, but Angel McCotchery brought something out. It was like Atlanta dream Angel McCotchery who just balled mm-hmm. out in game four of, of the, of the semifinals to force a game five. Why haven't we seen this from Angel McCotchery all season? Why has she been so inconsistent and why have we finally seen this now? This is what we need from her every single game for the Aces to have a chance. She has to bring her veteran presence and bring out vintage Angel McCautry, who brought the dream to three finals over the course of her career. And she showed up. She scored 16 points in the third quarter. She was unconscious. And even Asia tweeted after the game that this is a player that they need for them to have a chance. They said we she tweeted, we need this angel. And that's that's exactly what we need. I was texting with uh Shay Serrano and I'm like, yo, man, she's finally showed up. It's about damn time. And I was a little skeptical going into the season with Angel because quite frankly, sometimes I'm just not the biggest fan of her game because she just it's tunnel vision and she just not Raja, she's it's sometimes with Angel's game that frustrates me. She's so talented, she's such a baller, but she's one of those players that She's just going to get her own offense and she leaves a lot of players like this. Like, hey, man, (laughs) give me the ball. Give me the ball in the corner. There's a lot of that in her game where it's a lot of 39 points, but there's like one assist and four turnovers. Yeah. That's why I was frustrated with her game. But I think if she plays like this, the Aces can have a shot at the title. Yeah, and I was worried about that, too. I was like, I don't think that's going to work with Asia Wilson. Like, she has good players on her team this year, where in Atlanta, it was all on her. If she didn't have 39 points, they didn't even have a chance. So I I was worried because she has help, and she... She's kind of just taken her her chance. Like, she said, okay, I'm sure in halftime, she was like, I'm going to shoot every shot in the third quarter. Just be good with that. (laughs) And then in fourth quarter, I'll start passing. But... Yeah, she she went for it, and I'm so happy she finally turned up. Is all of that moot though? Like you're talking about all of that, but is it Seattle's like title to lose at this point? Like I feel like I don't even. Admittedly, I'm not as informed as you guys. We're gonna we're gonna these are all good storylines. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think I I think so. But I do before we get to Seattle, Raj. I do want to talk about the Sun real quick because I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about how good the Sun have been. A seven seed on the brink of a WNBA title. I mean, not on the brink of a W on the brink of a WNBA finals birth that they've been really good. And a lot of that has to do with Alyssa Thomas and how she's balled up, balled out. And there's this story that was in the New York times that uh, Gina Mizell wrote, which is really good. You guys should go check it out. How the Connecticut sun are being fueled by perceived disrespect. And I know I've disrespected them. I know I have. And I, and I just I was really upset when they when they just just took a took apart the sparks and I was just felt some type of way. And I was like, they're got, it's all good because they about to get swept anyway. I was in that camp of, of disrespecting them. They it seems like they've taken that. How far can that go? Because I think they could still beat the Aces. They've shown that they can play with them. Well, I have a, I have a problem with the disrespect storyline okay. because I, I think it's kind of made up. I don't think anyone is really thinking that. Well, there's they started 0 and 5, and everyone was was really surprised by that because they did get Dewana Bonner. And everyone was expecting them to return back to the finals because they've, you know, they've gotten better from last year. They don't have John Quill Jones this year, 
But everyone was expecting them to get better. So once they started 0-5, everyone was like, oh, the Sun are out. Then they've started playing better since then. So the rest of the season. So I don't know where the, the disrespect is really coming in because they're well, Ra- really great I mean, great Raja team. knows this. Raja knows this. Like, athletes are weirdos and they love to, like, make up stuff so they can have a chip on their shoulder. That's yeah, exactly what it what is. You can hold on to. Yeah, you know what that's saying? what it is. That's what's fueling them right now. I think maybe it's their PR. They're just making up I stories could just be like, or something. I could be like to an athlete, hey, how you doing? And like, why you say it like that? I'm finna score 30 <laughs> on you. You know what I mean? I'm finna win all this. No, you went, you started the season 0-5. That's what happened. That's um, what happened. <laughs> that's what really happened, guys. <laughs> um, right. But I, I don't know. I, I think that, but are we are we sleeping on them? Or are, is that... that is that a mute point? Is that a moot moot point? I'm I expected this to go five games, honestly, because of Alyssa Thomas and how she's playing on zero shoulders right now and is just a beast in the boards and the aces really don't have an answer for her. But it's going to take like Angel Makachi stepping up, Asia Wilson playing like the MVP that she is for them to get past and win game five. So let's get to um who wait? Let's get a before you go. Let's get a prediction. Who's who's winning Game Five? Let's put you on a spot, Jordan. I'm going with the Aces. I'm going to be confident in that. They're I'm, they're going to win it. I'm, Jackie I'm Young messy, plays so, less minutes. Okay. I'm messy. I'm going to pick the. That's Aces. what needs I mean, to I'm, I'm, I'm pick. I'm gonna pick the Sun. I'm gonna be messy and pick the Sun just because you said that. Oh God. And 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 I'm here to talk oh, mess no. to you and Shay and Marcus Thompson and all these pe- all these these fake Aces fans out here. You know what I mean? Y'all was. <laughs> I'll just. <laughs> Um, okay. I Let's became get to, an Aces uh, fan last year because of Liz Cambage. She should have been a spark. She should have been a spark. She should have been a spark. But Raj touched on this a little bit. The Seattle Storm have been mashing all through the playoffs. There hasn't really been a. It, there hasn't been. They had their. They had their two buys, and they just made easy work of the Minnesota Lynx. Are they just gonna just straight up mob? I'm just taking. I'm just gonna take. Roger's question. They're just going to straight up mob up and win an WNBA title. Do we have, do we even know anybody that's going to just compete with them at all? I think the Aces can. I, unfortunately, I think Seattle still wins, but I think the Aces could make it competitive. The, the Storm have only lost three games in the regular season and the Aces beat them twice. So I, I think they, they match up well with them. I love, you know, the MVP race in the post with Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, I I think if Connecticut advances, it'll be historic because they knocked out the number one seed, but they will lose get to swept. Seattle. They were going to yeah, get swept. They will get swept. The Aces, it will be competitive. Do the Aces have a chance to win the series, though? Oh. No, she's saying it no. would. It would have to take, you know, a 30-point Angel game and a 30-point. Angel has to act like she's in Asia. Atlanta still. Yes. Yes, and she has to go in there and say, you know what? Don't cry. I'm not passing you the ball. I want a championship. And they all just have that. to get on board with that. And Kayla McBride has to hit a couple shots. That's She's what would have to happen. She got to do what Jason Tatum needed to do last night. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh. What? My, Ooh. My, my what, what? Sorry. Is your mic Sorry. on? Sorry. Is your mic on? Oops. Uh, I think... <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to give something out. Like, we, we, I think we need to put some respect on Brianna Stewart's name. She had a torn Achilles, Raja. She had a torn what? Achilles. And is still a top five player in this league. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I Tough. Mean, I, yeah, you don't come back from that look, looking. 
anything like you looked before. That's crazy. I'm just and before we get out of here, Jordan, I saw in the rundown. I put down the rundown for the WNBA talk, and you added something. You added that there's shade on Candace Parker's name because of Defensive Player of the Year. There's shade on that. Can you tell me? Can you tell me more about this shade? There is shade, and people are are saying that she might not have deserved it. Um, again, over Alyssa Thomas, who led the league in steals and was second in rebounding. And when you look at Alyssa Thomas, you say she's a great defender. And people are saying when you look at Candace Parker, she's a great scorer, but maybe not the defensive player of the year. And maybe it was like a a pity award. I'm sorry. I didn't say it. This is what WNBA Twitter is saying. <laughs> because she didn't win WNBA, uh, uh, the MVP, because they didn't go far this year, they're like, here, Candace, you could have defensive player of the Ooh, year. Wow. They said Ooh. they're giving a de- defensive player of the year for charity? That's what's going around. That's what the streets is saying? Yeah. I'm sorry to Put some to, respect to on Candace's name. This. Put some respect on Candace's name. Okay? I'm not going to take this. This is disrespectful, okay? And the fact of the matter is, if the the Sparks beat the Sun, they're winning the WNBA title. I'm just going to put that out there. Ooh, okay. You know what I mean? They beat the Aces. Another team that sh- if Jewel Lloyd stepped out of bounds during the Sparks during the Sparks Seattle game, Bro, the Sparks should have won supposed, that game. You are sitting in an impartial seat, sir. I do not feel like this is impartial analysis. <laughs> okay, oh there's gosh. some bias. I don't agree. Here, I don't agree sure. with the shade. <laughs> All right, so let's go pick right now. WNBA title picks before we get out of here. I'm gonna go with the storm. Raja, who are you going with? I'm taking the storm. I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna be contrarian. Let's pick the aces. Let's do it. Pick oh, aces. okay. Pick You're gonna pick it. Connecticut to win tomorrow, but the Aces to win it to win it all. <laughs> well done, yeah. Jordan. Well done. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. Don't expect anything less. <laughs> you know the vibes. Um, thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on. It's gonna be a weekly thing. We're gonna have Jordan on um, at least until the uh, w- for the rest of the WNBA playoffs and postseason. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, it's gonna be a joy to have you on. So thank you so much for coming. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye, Jordan. Bye. Now it's time for another segment, Roger, that we hold near and dear to our hearts. It's one of the backbones of this show. Namesake, bro. It's time for Real One of the Week, where we talk, we we shout out somebody that embodies all the character that we feel is a real one. Yeah. My Real One of the Week is Andre Iguodala. Oh. Oh. Elimination game Andre Iguodala close out Andre Iguodala hit five threes in a closeout game to make his sixth straight NBA finals appearance Oof. I mean I've I, I've covered him a couple uh, for a couple years in Golden State class act real funny dude real eclectic dude real one of the week Andre Iguodala I can't be mad at that I like I like Dre Dre's always been a good dude man um I'm going to go on the flip side of that coin. And my real one of the week will be one LeBron James. Uh, Closeout game himself. And while all the talk was the torch needing to be passed to Anthony Davis, and while it probably does um, over the long haul, at least in the closeout game scenario, uh, LeBron dropped 38, 16, and 10 on 60% shooting. Uh, 
undertook the task of guarding, if that's even a word, um, Jamal Murray, helping shut that down. Seven to eight free throws, not shabby for a dude who's in the 60% range. And he himself has been in now eight of the last nine finals. So my real one of the week is LeBron James. It's a really good call. Thank you, sir. And that has been our show. This has been... It's hard. I'm already saying like it's been the Monday edition of the Ringer NBA show. No, it's not the Monday edition of the Ringer real NBA ones. show. It is the real ones. It is the episode real of the ones. real ones. Right. We out here. We got new names. We got, I don't know if you know, but we got new tunes. And if, if you're afraid of LeBron, you ain't no damn real one. I didn't say that earlier, but it said. Ah. Ah. Drop one of flexes. Drop one of clues bombs. Drop one shoes yeah. just like you do. Ah. <laughs> All right. I just had to do it. It's early in the morning. <laughs> had to get up. All right, man. In addition to the real ones, make sure you check out our other uh, shows on the Ringer NBA feed. We got the mismatch, Roger. Mm-hmm. We got group chat. And we got some su- surprises for you guys during the NBA finals. We got some stuff, man. You know, we did a live show last week. Might have some stuff in the works. You know, I'm just going to give them a little taste. I'm just going to give them a little taste. Some foreshadowing? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I just said you need to tap in. You need to lock in. We got some stuff for you. We also got R2C2 with Vallejo legend CC Sabathia. Real Bay legend, Raja. Ooh, Vallejo. And the Valley Joe. You know okay. what I mean? You know what I mean? Piedmont's finest. No, 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 My bad. No. My bad. Don't My bad. disrespect CC like that. Okay. <laughs> with with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco. We also have some cool stuff on the Ringer NFL feed. Tap in. We also got a, a friend of the show, Chris Vernon, is also doing the Ringer NFL shows all week long. We got NFL season popping. We got MLB playoffs popping. We got the NBA finals about to pop off. It's about to be it's about to be a vibe here, man. As a curator of vibes, you know this. It is a vibe. It's what you young people is it. Is it lit? Am I too late with that? Like that was last year? Lit? No? Yeah, I hear talking like a Piedmont resident. You need to chill out. <laughs> um, take it, make sure you check out all our stuff on Spotify. <laughs> follow along. Follow us on socials. Mm-hmm. Send Raja a telegram. Yeah. Carrier pigeons. I like they're like we'll, flying around right now. Send them a send them a, a card or something. I don't know. <laughs> but we're here, man, and we're gonna see you next week on another edition of the real ones. See you soon.